Well, church, today is the last time like I, I, I get to speak into your lives. Um, it's an honour. Being back in this which unexpectedly a few weeks ago, I realised that God had opened up doors for me to serve that 23 years ago I actually never thought were possible. Sam and myself resolved many years ago that we would just go where the Spirit blows. That's, that's all we said, God, we're your vessels, we will just go. And so um, we're still committed to that and it's been one heck of a journey. I really have to pinch myself that I got the opportunity to pastor Dural. I don't know if you guys know, but when Dural is well known across Australia. And that's most likely because of the great work of Keith Jobbins. But honestly, you mentioned the name Dural even in Queensland, they know Dural. Victoria, they know Dural. Perth, they know Dural. You guys don't see that, but as a pastor, I've had conversations with people around Australia and they know Dural. I've had the privilege to marry many young leaders here at the church. I don't know how many weddings I have taken. I've been to some incredible places to take weddings, as the sports centre often isn't the place to do the weddings here. But I've really enjoyed the privilege of being part of your lives. I've walked with people as they've lost loved ones. And to me as a pastor, that is an incredible, incredible privilege to be there in your most rawest time and to walk with you through death of a loved one is actually one of the greatest privilege a pastor can ever have. I was told when I took on the senior role, I had no idea what it meant, luckily. I was told um, that Dural may never recover from what it went through. But I knew that the Spirit of God resided in this church and I knew there were faithful people who loved Jesus Christ. And when you got that together, this church is going to continue forever. This church has allowed me to take incredible risks with young people. My gosh, you've been tested with some of the young people in this church as leaders. Jared, I'll never forget, Ange. <laughs> Ange helps me sort them out, mother. <laughs> I came down the office one day and here's Jared meditating, asleep on the floor in the office. I said, Jared, what the heck are you doing? Oh, I'm just chilling, Pete, feeling the vibes. I said, well, you don't do that here. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, you've taken incredible risks with some of these young leaders. But I know it's paying off for the kingdom of God because raising leaders is risky. Our lives are richer for the experience of being part of this church family. I have had many laughs and tears with you. I have seen this church every time we come around budget time, we've had a deficit. Sorry for that. It's my leading. But um, you've stepped up every time and you've filled the gaps as a church. Your generosity and the joy that I see in people's hearts as they give is incredible. Not only have we met budgets, but we've been able to do some incredible things. This is a church that was really struggling financially. This whole worship space has been upgraded through people's generosity. The green courts on the other side was through people's generosity. This is all through a very difficult time in the life of the church. The toilets upgraded was a very incredible amount of money that went into that. The foyer, the upstairs auditorium. Church, nothing's impossible for God's people when they get touched by God's generous spirit. The, the money just comes, and I know God will continue to do that here. Thank you to the youth ministry of the church for, our, for the way you've discipled my boys. 
I wouldn't want them in any other youth ministry in Australia because this one disciples young, young people incredibly. I believe Jill has prepared us for our next assignment. You know, Brian, Lynn and Bruce and Kerry, bless their hearts, they came up with Paul and Tim to mum's funeral. And these guys went over, unbeknown to me, and got a guided tour from my new PA, Crystal, at the new church. They rock up, they got lost, yes, it needs new signs, I know that. And um, they get a guided tour. And um, the day after, I talked Tim and Paul. Tim drove up to the front entrance, as Tim does, and parked the car right at the front. And yet this church is still willing to call me as their senior pastor. I can't get over it. I must admit, when I was up there a few weeks ago, I did have a culture shock. Um, living in the hills is unique. I've enjoyed living on acreage. As a pastor, I'll never live on acreage again. I've enjoyed, um, love sitting on our lounge room and looking out over the paddock and hearing the bellbirds through the paddock. This is an amazing part of the world. But today I get to close this series, so don't be worried. I am going to be short. I get to close this series on the Sermon on the Mount. And let me say what a series this has been. From the first sermon, this has actually transformed my life. It has spoken into my life. Frosty was right a few weeks ago. And he said, these chapters have the power to transform our lives. Honestly, if you memorize the Sermon on the Mount, and I've tried to do that, it's very hard as the older I get. But these words are life-giving. I remember having some God moments with Andrew as we've prepared messages over this series. And they've been God moments. And I remember one conversation Andrew said, if we spend our lives chasing the promises of the Beatitudes, we'd be totally different as believers in Jesus Christ. And he's so right. See, this sermon is not a moralistic code to live by. It's a spirit-filled, life-changing thing that gets to the core and to the heart of who we truly are. This thing we call life is an interesting thing. But we can be certain about one thing, that storms will come. Here are some of the examples of storms that maybe you're in the midst of today as you walk through the doors. Maybe you're dealing with a broken or difficult relationship. Maybe you're going through a financial crisis. Maybe there is something unpleasant and painful about your health. Maybe you're experiencing the death of someone you love. Maybe you're dealing with rebellious children, being laid off work, dealing with conflict and disappointments in life. Maybe you're struggling with mental health. You know, somewhere in our lives, we're going to face these kinds of storms. At the end of the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus wants to drive home one important point. Basically, what are you going to build your life on? Because the foundation is critical. The foundation will make all the difference when the storms of life come. You know, I have visited Robin Hospital and I visited him the Monday of the long weekend when the accident took place. And I walked into the waiting room with Kerry and Jeremy while they were waiting to see Rob. And honestly, it was a pleasure. I've never seen people so calm. I say that because it was a God-given calmness. Kerry, that's amazing. That was traumatic. See, God gives us incredible peace during storms. I have been inspired in my faith 
as I have watched many people in this church go through the valleys of life. And to see how you have clung on to Jesus has actually inspired me as a pastor. Let me read you the text. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. Remember seeing this in Sunday school? (laughs) The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fail because it's had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against it. But the, that house, it fell and it crashed. See, every one of us is building on a foundation. There are only two choices. You either build on a deep, solid foundation or you build on a shallow, weak foundation. Throughout this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has said, there are two choices. There is a narrow road, there is a wide road. Jesus and his promises found in this sermon is the foundation which to build your life upon. See, one foundation will hold fast in the storms, and one doesn't. Just a few weeks ago, unexpectedly, you know my mum died. And I saw firsthand the difference, how we could face death as a family to people who came to that funeral who were good friends, even relatives who did not know Jesus. As a family, we have had some close friends who have been camping near mum and dad for at least 30 or 40 years. It's unbelievable. And they're from the Darling Downs and non-believers. And Peter came up to me. We actually call him Uncle Peter and Auntie Eunice. We've got an incredible respect for this family who don't know Jesus. Peter came up to me at the funeral and said he was shattered. And said to my dad, I know it's your faith that is helping you through. And my dad turned around to Peter and said, Peter, we must sit down and explain this faith, because God can help you through the storms of life too. Dad is going up to Pittsworth in a few weeks to spend a couple of days with Peter to share the gospel. Can you believe this? The day my mum passed away, I was unlucky not to be there. But my dad was witnessing to my mum's sister in the hospital room. His pastor told me, you should have seen your dad. He was out there with Annie Nola sharing the gospel. You know, as a pastor, I've walked through the loss of a loved one with many of you. But this was the first time I'd experienced grief. I can honestly say, yes, I have tears. Yes, I miss mum. But God is my shield and my rock. Church, over the last 10 years, we have been through storm after storm. But God has been faithful to this church because why? It is built on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ and it will never be shaken. 
I'm afraid, church, the storms will continue to roll in. That's life. But remember, you have a foundation that can never be shaken. I believe the storms are actually given to increase our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God uses a church when it is suffering to be a witness to this world. It's in the suffering that our greatest opportunities come. It's in the storms of life that we are to show the fruits of the Spirit. You know, times of testing reveal the foundation on which we are built. See, both of these builders had a desire to build a house. And I'm sure both look great. But the foundation was only revealed when the storms come. When the waters rose and eroded the foundations. When the wind came and blew against the foundations. Remember in this sermon, Jesus was addressing religion. It looked great on the outside, but it never went to the heart. It never went to the heart. It's when the message of Jesus penetrates our soul to the deepest core of our heart that we are enabled to stand up when the winds and the rain And the floods come. Why? It's the power of God, people. It's not us. The power of God can sustain you in the biggest storms of life. The other week I came across this verse and I've been claiming it over my life every day and been praying this prayer every morning from Luke 24, 49. And it says this, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Church, the morning I had to share at Mum's funeral, I prayed, God, clothe me with power from on high. Church, we have a power source others don't. Let me tell you, I want to stay connected to that source and its supernatural battery because it actually enables you to walk through the deepest valleys of life. And I'm afraid over the last couple of years, we've walked through some big valleys as a family. But I know I have a source that is supernatural that enables me to do that. I now pray each day, Lord, clothe me with from power from on high. Church, in a few months, I'll walk into a new church family and I'm afraid with churches, I know it's not going to be perfect. The grass is never greener on the other side. I know there'll be storms, but I go clothed with the power from on high. And you guys walk into your future, not alone. You go clothed with from power from on high also. I believe that in the West, the church needs to rediscover the power of the Holy Spirit. True faith comes when we get to trust in the dark. True faith relies on God's strength when we are weak. True faith looks beyond the present heartache to God's purpose and eternal glory. True faith relies on God's grace in times of personal failure. True faith runs into God's arms and not away. 
True faith is trusting God's ways when life is confusing. I remember talking to Brian the moment mum passed away. And basically I just had to trust mum, God, to why that happened. She was looking so much forward to, to us coming back. And somehow I've just had to say, God, your ways are higher than I can ever understand. I'm just going to trust you anyway. These verses are calling us to act out the truth. It's not enough to know about God. If we're going to build on a solid foundation, we must actually apply the words of this sermon. The Sermon on the Mount is a call to be obedient in applying the life-giving words of Jesus Christ. You know, there are many people who are very knowledgeable about the Christian faith, but who are building on sand. There are many people who look good and appear wonderfully religious, but are really building their foundation on the sand. Jesus is calling us into a radical way to live. And it will not make sense to many people, but it will be highly attractive to the world in which you and I live. As John Stott says, Jesus summons us to renounce the prevailing secular culture that you and I live in, to actually jump into the counter-Christian culture. Repeatedly during this sermon, Jesus' call is for us to be the salt of the earth and a light on the hill. Our righteousness is to be deeper because it reaches our hearts and our love broader because it embraces our enemies. For our treasure, we are to choose what endures through to eternity and not on what we just see in the material world. You know, the Sunday before Mum's funeral, Sam and myself took Dad to his church. And because Mum and Dad have been there since ever they got married, which is rare in this day and age, they opened it up for a time of sharing. And I was actually blown away. You know who got up? There were these girls aged 10 to 12. I had tears rolling down my eyes. I'll never forget it. And they shared how my, um, my mum impacted them with Jesus. Mum and dad every Friday would go and give breakfast to the kids at the local high school. Even to the Friday before mum passed away, they would do this. This which is a different place in the hills. But I'm sure we've got hungry kids here too. We just don't see it. It's hidden. But they would do that every Friday and then mum would run a kids club. Can you believe that? At the age of 79, she would still do that. I kept telling her, mum, pass it on. Get out. It's beyond you. But she wouldn't. These kids got up and they shared. There was a girl there that has eight siblings and they're all from different fathers. This girl would go to school smelling with her clothes. The church has embraced her. They are clothing her. You know where she sat at the funeral? She was in the front row. As she as I looked down, it was on my left. This girl got up to shed. 
and all the girls shared how mum had led them to Jesus Christ and now they were sitting in that church. I, I just, I was blown away. My mum passed the greatest treasure, that being Jesus, to these girls. That is what we live for, is to pass eternity on. Andrew, you're right. I have loved investing in so many young leaders. The church is only a generation away from being extinct people. I have an urgency about it every place I go is to grab a leader that can replace me. Grab leaders that can replace me. We all have a responsibility. People, in the end, there's one thing we're called to do and that's make disciples. It's an urgent thing. We don't know how many days we have. And investing in people is one of the greatest things you'll ever do in your life. To see people up here today who were young when I came into this church is incredible. And church, you're sitting on a treasure chest with the amount of leaders that you have in the younger age group. I honestly say that because this ain't normal in Australia. If you're not investing in anyone as a believer, I, I challenge you. Why not? Why not? This gospel is not to be kept for ourselves, our own self-indulgence. This is life-changing. It is to be passed down through generation to generation. That's why I stand here today. See, our ambition, the thing that preoccupies our minds, must not be on our material security. Forget that. It'll do your head in. I had a sleepless nights over that as a pastor of the church, and I shouldn't have. But the spread of God's rule and righteousness in this world is important. We are to imitate our Heavenly Father in being peacemakers, and we are to trust Him on a daily basis. We will survive the storms of life if we build on the right foundation. Because our strength will not come from us, but from the Lord. Our focus will not be on the present struggles, but on our future hope. Maybe you've come in here today in a storm. You will find your strength in the Lord if you trust him. If you're here today and you've never built your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ, can I encourage you to step out in faith and receive him? He will make an incredible difference in your life. Church, it's been a privilege to serve you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we are here just because you loved us. Lord, I pray a blessing over this lovely church. God, I pray that you will pour your spirit and your power out into this church. God, this is your church. 
Lord, I thank you for the opportunity just to serve as a pastor on the team of this church. God, I know I'm unworthy. But through your strength, Lord, you have done some incredible things over the last 11 years. We have seen the hand of God work. And Father, I want to give you all praise and glory because you're a faithful and an amazing God who will never let us down. And so, God, I pray that you will pour out your spirit afresh and anoint this church and may they be excited about their future. And God, just show your abundant generosity to this church. In the name of Jesus, amen.